Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. Well, welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. Y'all, we made it. We are at the end of the season, the end of the year. I hope you guys had a marvelous holiday season. A Merry Christmas for those of you who celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah for those of you who celebrate Hanukkah. And Kwanzaa for those of you who celebrate Kwanzaa. This is the holiday season. And what I've done this time uh, with Try Beginners Like is try to focus on the family. So at the beginning of the month, we had Gwen Jorgensen and her family. And then we had Pops and Hannah Dighton. And then last week we had Ashay and Anne Marie. And this week we have a couple that I, okay, officially met at Lake Placid this year. However, during endurance exchange, during this, what they call round robin social networking time, I met the husband. And we were at Mira Lake. I was trying to put on my wetsuit and someone comes up to me I'm like, Mashonda. And I'm like, um, yeah, do I know you? But you know, it's like black people unite in this field, right? Cause you'd be like, oh yeah, what's up? I know you, but I don't know you just yet. But when we introduced each other, he gave me his name. I was like, yes. so I want to introduce one of my new favorite tri-couples and that is Melissa Toen and Salim Martin. Welcome to Try Beginner's Luck family. How y'all doing? We're doing well, thank you. How are you? Good. Oh, don't be acting all posh. We're doing well, thank you. <laughs> don't do me like that. <laughs> we got the whole family here, so thank you for your patience yeah. with, uh, with some background noise we might have today. Aw, hello, friend. Mateo saying he's having a good time. It's all about him, but yes. Well, let's yeah. get this party started because we don't we need to we don't know how long we'll have before Mateo wants your attention. So let's <laughs> start right in. So I got to meet uh Salim, as I mentioned, through endurance exchange and being in one of the speed uh like meet and greet sessions. And so um to see him and to meet him in person at Lake Placid was just really cool. But then Mel and I really connected because we got to frolic. We were frolicking in the lake, in Mira Lake. We were supposed to be swimming, which we did swim, but then we did a lot of floating. <laughs> you made me swim. It was great, though. You said what now? That you made me swim. <laughs> you get the, no, let's go to the next buoy and the next buoy. <laughs> okay, so I did. We did. I did peer pressure her into continuing to go. She only wanted to do a certain distance, but I was like, come on, we're already out here. But we also enjoyed it because we relaxed a little bit while um, everyone else was really like getting into it because we were there supporting. But um, I wanted to talk to a couple to find out what it's like. And you're a unique couple because Celine, you are actually a coach. You own, but Celine, you are the head coach for Onyx Multisport and you're still an active triathlete, but you also have a wife who's a triathlete and you coach your wife. That has to be a lot in that combination. And so 
of course, I like to bring stories. So we're going to get into your background about your beginner stories, but how is that dynamics? You know, you being a coach and having to coach your wife. Tell us about all that. Cause you're a new coach actually, right? I'm a new coach. Yeah. We've been on a multi-sport. We've been around for about 18 months at this point. Um, but like, it's, it's been a long process to get to the 18 months. This has been a, a process eight, nine years in the making. And it was 18 months ago where it was like, Hey, we might as well do this thing. And so we, we decided to do it. Uh, so it's been, that's been great. Um, coaching my wife has been interesting. <laughs> uh, it's been fun and exciting. We had to come to an arrangement on like, she's an athlete. Like she, she's my wife. She's an athlete. She's really great at what she does. And I have to always respect the fact that she is an athlete, has an athlete mindset, has a warrior's mindset. And so when she says she's going to do something, I have to give her the space to do it. Um, and I can't, uh, when you, when you're in our coaching husband coaching mode, that can't be a 24 seven thing. Like if she misses a workout, I can't nag about the workout that was missed. We move on to the next one. A lot of communication, a lot of talking, but you just, we constantly keep moving forward. Um, we tried before, like years ago, we tried doing this and it just didn't work. It was like, no, like it just, there was, there was no way for it, for it to work. So I was like, you got to do the whole, it's like, I'm doing this. And so I had to like change some of the structure and listen a lot and let Mel do Mel inside the, inside the confines of what the workouts are. And that combination has, I think it's worked better. It's worked much better. Yes. Yeah. So, so, because I'm listening a lot to what she, to what she's putting into the workout and like letting her do it. So, um, it's still nerve wracking sometimes, but at the same time, like it's been, it's been great to see, like to see her make progress and, and go through it and, and do it. And um, it's funny, like on race day, I've got coach, um, I've got coach uh, concerns and then I have husband concerns all at the same time. So it's, um, it's pretty funny how that works itself out. And how it becomes um, taxing sometimes because I just can't like I'm, I'm in the process of being like husband, but I'm like hey, like we out of the water yet? We're on the bike yet? Saying going going through with the you know what we have to carry out for the day. Keep talking. I'm right here. Okay. Just a little child we, playing oh, on a table. Yeah, just doing. Uh, Mateo is uh, letting us know that he is the boss. <laughs> <laughs> You're muted. He is. Toddlers rule the world. So, hey, there it is. But I was going to come to Melissa because, well, come, come to Mel. I was going to come to Mel because I saw her body change when, you know, you were talking about the coaching and how it didn't work previously. So I want to get your take on it and how is it working with Celine? Um, I think it's it's gotten much better over the years because when we first started, I had a really hard time with... Um, with playing girlfriends and being told what to do. I had a really hard time with, with processing that this man has two roles in my life. And one was one that was a little bit bossy, I would say. Not bossy, bossy. sorry. That's not the right word. But, uh, but, you know, you didn't get your workout. What happened? 
he's like, relax. Like, this is not going to work if we're going to continue like that. So Slim's got, like with all your athletes, I think you've adapted to how I need to be spoken to or how I need to interact with him. And that's helped a lot. I love it. So let's talk about having Mateo, right? Because he's a real, like, He's a, he's a mixed factor, right? He comes into the play and now you have to juggle. So for those who are parents who are athletes, what is your advice for them and how to manage it all with training? Wow. That's a, that's a so it's, it's been a struggle. I have to admit because it was my first child and I thought, okay, I'm going to have a baby and I'm going to jump right back in and we're going to be able to continue because we met doing triathlon. We met in Lake Placid. The first time I saw you was in 2015. And then we met about two years later and then we started dating. So we would train together. We would like go to on trips together and race together. And then this little human comes along and we think we can continue this lifestyle and surprise. No, that is not how it goes. So it was a bit challenging at the beginning, but I think we've, we found a little bit of a routine. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, it was hard. It was hard at first. Like you're used to like, you used to doing a 50 mile bike ride, 13 mile run, 20 mile run, you know, whatever the distance is, you guys were doing it together. Like if I was training for a New York City try, uh, Mel would be on the bike while I'm running, giving me water, you know. And then so we go from having that rapport to, okay, I got to be home watching the baby while you go for your workout or the opposite. I'm home watching the baby while Mel goes on her workout. So we came up with like a every other day training program <laughs> for, for us to make it work. So we each get a day, we each get our every other day to get our workouts in the best that we can. Uh, around the tail schedule uh, because he comes first. Like there's times if you look, if you look at my Strava, which is really funny, sometimes you will see like a, a, a 17 minute workout hour and a half was scheduled, but you know, <laughs> Mateo decided that he, you know, needed some things. So that, that bike ride that was supposed to be an hour and a half now turned into 17, 22 minutes and I have to figure out a different way to get my workouts. in. And so it's been interesting but like at the end of the day, like our love for our son and our love for the sport are are there. And so Mateo comes first, but we like we love the sport and we're finding ways to make it work. And like for other parents, I mean you just have to you have to have some type of I wouldn't say it's never a 50-50 balance, but you have to have some type of communication with your partner and like do you, you have more quality workouts than quantity workouts you that I found in order to make it work and then you just adjust from that you know from from that perspective okay I like that um and I appreciate that honesty because some people are like no it has to be 50 50 but the reality is it's probably never 50 50 and one thing you said is quality over quantity and making sure you get what you can get in because you still can make this work. So those of you who are parents out there who are new parents or newlyweds, do what you can, but keep trying no matter what. Mel, you said some real key things. So we have to go back to this. I cannot let this skirt. What's that? <laughs> so you guys met at Lake Placid and then met again at Lake Placid 
and started dating. So take us back to the first time you saw him. And was it, you know, we, we need all the details. This is getting juicy. Ooh. Oh man. So I remember being in Lake Placid and walking with my mom past the oval or towards the oval and seeing this guy. And I was like, he's a pretty handsome looking guy walking up the hill. And I remember seeing him and I'm like, I've seen this guy before somewhere. But that was it. And then I think I saw him at some other New York race. But then two years later, I come back from doing Ironman Cozumel, feeling like a million bucks. And we go to this Ironman premiere event in, in New York City. And there is this guy at the bottom of the stairs. And yes, my son is like, yes, mom. That was my handsome daddy. Uh, but as I'm walking down the stairs and smiling at him, of course, I trip and almost fall down the stairs. It was like a comedy. Oh, wow. And Salim was there hanging out with Iron Man, right? Yeah. So true story. Uh, at the Iron Man event, there was a, a gentleman there who really thought that he, he was invited to an Iron Man event. He brought all of his comic books. <laughs> He thought he was going to meet Iron Man, like the, the 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 character, and he was looking for a signature. He had an Iron Man shirt on, and I'm standing next to this guy, like, yeah, I'm here to meet Iron Man. I'm like, it's, like, and I have this really really confused look on my face. I'm like, it's not, it's, like, it's not that Iron Man. <laughs> He's like, you're not going to meet Tony Stark. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, no, athletes, not superheroes. And then he shows me his com his comic books. I was like, "No, I'm sorry." So it was, so yeah. So then Mel's walking down the stairs at this point. Like I, I have this smile of like, "Oh, oh no, what's going on?" But uh, it was it was really funny. Yeah, and yeah. that was it, right? And that's how we met. Yeah, we we met officially. Yeah, we, we met. Yeah, we met then December fifth. December 5th, look at that. December 5th. How about that? <laughs> How about that? I mean, although it's a little bit past December 5th, it's still December. And we're like recounting this little love match in December as we're honoring families. Oh my God. Hmm. So Lake Placid is where all the magic happened initially. I guess they say true. Lake Placid is very magical. It's magical. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's great, yeah, it's a great it's, it's a great experience. Like for if you've never done like Placid, uh, put it on your list of things to do. Um, bring all your gear. Like, <laughs> you, you never know what the weather is going to be like, but it's it's a magical place. A lot of history there, and so uh, for all all the triathletes out there, that's one that I highly recommend that you go through have that experience. Yeah. So let's go back in time. We, you guys have met and were dating while uh, trying together, but take me back to your first experience. I think Salim, you got started in the sport maybe nine years ago and Mel, how many years ago was it when you started? Um, 2012. So 10 years. Okay. So 10 years, nine years. Um, take me back to what it was like when you first tried. What was your first races like? Mm. 
Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, my first race was New York City Triathlon. I wanted to start doing some kind of endurance sports. And and I had to do it for a cause because doing it for myself was something that probably wouldn't have happened. So I signed up to do a charity. And the guy at the at the um, at the charity orientation was like, why would you want to do just one sport when you can do three? I was like, oh, <laughs> that's shit. right. So I signed up for New York City Try. Uh, and it was a really challenging training. I, I went from not being somebody that worked out or ran or did any sports on a consistent basis to just diving into New York City Try and practicing jumping in the Hudson River, or at least thinking about it. Um, and it was a great experience. It was wonderful. It was really eye-opening that I was able to do something like that. Um, immediately when I was done, I was like, that was hell. And yet so probably a week later, I signed up for the next distance. Um, and I was hooked from the get-go. I was part of a all-women's try team that I loved and we're still all really close. Um, so it was just the community of triathlon, the sport, knowing that I mentally and physically could push boundaries. And that was just the Kool-Aid for me. In 10 years later, I'm still sipping on the Kool-Aid. Because <laughs> awesome. all, all the cool kids sip the Kool-Aid. Like, it's just what we do. <laughs> you do. You really you jump in at it. Yeah, it's great. How, how, how did your Kool-Aid start? Uh, I was I was marathon running um, before I started doing triathlon, and uh, for my off season I would jump in the pool and do swim workouts, and I would go to the gym and hop on the bike. And in January, a friend of mine was like, "What do you like? What's your training like?" So I told him I was you know swimming two days a week, biking three days a week, and he's like, "You're already a runner. Like, why don't you do a, a triathlon?" And so he gives me a, a triathlon, like we're looking, this is the time like when we're still like, we're still doing a lot of partying too. So we're, we're at the bar okay. and um, we're talking about it over a beer. And I was like, huh, triathlon. Hour passed, huh, triathlon. And so we start looking and he's like, how about this? We do a race for my birthday. I was like, cool, let's do a race for your birthday. And so we started to do the training training together, doing the biking together. In May, this guy breaks his elbow. And so I see him and he's like, I broke my elbow. I was like, so oh, wow. what does that mean? <laughs> are, you, are you still doing the race? And he's like, <laughs> no, nah, I can't do it because, you know, like my elbows broke. I was like, I'm not going to stop now. Like I've already put all the work in. We're like three weeks out from, four weeks out from the race. Um, I'm sorry, five weeks out from the race. I was like, I'm just going to keep training. And then uh, my first uh, 70.3 was Syracuse. Um, and that was an experience. Um, it was like, I wasn't sure I was going to, I knew I could do it. Um, after doing a marathon, like, you know, that you, like anything you set your mind to, you know, that it becomes something that you can do. The idea of swimming was my first time swimming 1.2 miles. Um, so I was a little scared of that, but it was great. It was beautiful. It was hot. It was, it was hellish, um, but have fond memories of doing it. So I was able to do it. And, uh, you know, you, 
I have this rule of three. You can do it. Anyone can do anything one time. Do it twice. Beginner's luck. The third time lets you know if you can, like, if this is something that you're a part of or if you're really not. And so just kind of stuck with it. And, you know, here we are. Like, you just keep moving. I mean, just part of the philosophy. Just keep going forward. You never know where you're going to go with it. And so we're still, we're still, we're still swim biking and running at this point. So it's awesome. But that was, that was quite the experience. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine. So let me understand this. Your very first race was a 70.3. My first triathlon was a 70.3. Yes. My second race was an Olympic. And what was your third? A sprint? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was a pancake. It was a third. It was a sprint. Yes, it was a sprint. That is true. Doing things in reverse order is sometimes fine, but I'm just still on your first one being a 70.3. And did you even have an idea of what you were going to get yourself into? Like, did your friend say, hey, we're starting off with this triathlon, but it's a 70.3. Or did he just say, oh, it'll be like, what did he do? How did he set that up for you? It doesn't like, it doesn't, it didn't take much. I mean, like I was already, I was, I was a few marathons in. So like, I'm like, oh, it's just distance. Like I I can I can find a way to maneuver the distance. I didn't realize like I didn't know what four thousand feet of elevation was, oh. <laughs> and so it's like oh there's gonna be hills. Eh, it's not gonna be that many hills, you know. Then like you get there and like there's hills on top of hills, and uh, I was okay with heat, but I didn't know how hot it could actually get at one o'clock in the afternoon while while running, you know. Um, and so, like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know. There's a lot of things I just didn't know. I, I've never. Syracuse was a special race because um, it had a very high DNF uh, rate, um, total at the end of the, uh, at, at the end of every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was always a high DNF race. Um, a lot of pros stopped doing the race because they had other things like uh, Lake Placid was coming up right afterwards. So it was a great introductory to Lake Placid. Um, but I, I didn't know where it was going to go. I thought it was going to be a one-time thing, but the the competitor in me, let's see if we can do it better the second time. Well, let's see if we can like find a way to maneuver maneuver it like for for me to have a better experience than what it was the first time. So I, I didn't know that it was going to be that it was going to turn into to what it is now. Um, so it's been. I know it's great. It's, it's it's a great. It's it's backwards, but I didn't. It, when you start, you just don't know. No one told me don't do a seventy point three first. And if someone told me not to, I'd have done it more so because you told me not to do it. Mm-hmm. So like you have to like you live, you learn, and then like you find out that hey, you know what? Maybe that's not the smartest way of doing it. There's other things. There's other muscle groups and things you need to worry about instead of just doing the race you're like oh that's why you do this Princeton Olympics first (laughs) (laughs) there's a reason why you build up to do these things and so yeah so like I don't know it was uh it was a great learning experience uh would I tell someone to hop in there and do a 70.3 right out the gate absolutely not but um my experience it was a different time you know like it was a different time, so I was able to just do it. So you 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 mentioned what you no one told you, you know, like they didn't tell me this wasn't the smart way. So what would you tell others to do right now, both of you? Like if they're starting from ground zero, 
what would you tell them is most important? Oh man, you know, a wise man go first. <laughs> um, you know, it depends on what your goals are. Like, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to do something, but I'll tell you to do things smarter. Like if you're going to be in the sport for like, if your goal is to be in the sport for 10, 15, 20 years, like think about your body and how you're beating up your body. So, uh, Olympics and sprints are a great way of, of getting started. Uh, so you can, you know, build up to doing a 70.3, um, because like there's there's a lot that goes into it, especially now. Like we just we're just coming off of COVID, uh, and our bodies have changed a lot than they were two years ago. So there's more things you have to take into consideration than versus going out there and just that happy go lucky, um, do it. Um, I even talk to some like I would talk to some professionals about it, some other coaches, and get an idea of like things to you know things to think about. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it is your decision on how you're going to go about doing it. Uh, excuse, I'm sorry. Um, Mateo is pulling. We call Mateo uh, Jordan around here because we're looking up to contain him. Uh, we don't know when he's going to drop 50 points on us. Uh, like, <laughs> like, like now. So, Not those kind of points. Oh, my. Yeah, he he's 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 good like that. You know, so like I, I think the getting started I, the most important thing is uh making sure you have the time and you're able to really commit like uh, that's the most important thing that i have that i learned from this experience is being able to make sure you're able to commit to it because you have to respect the distance like you don't want to go out there and just not respect the distance and have a bad day be in pain for two weeks with all types of uh, body pains and other things happening. So uh, really make sure that you are have the time, you have the energy, you have the, the, like if you are a parent, you have the family structure in place that your your significant other understands that, hey, for like two weekends a month, I gotta be on my bike for like five, six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once, once I'm back, I'll take full responsibility of like family things. Um, so I, I think that, is really important when it comes to um, when it comes to getting started. Mel, Mel, yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. It's um, I didn't think I would be able to do as much. No, actually, I thought I could do it all after the the little human after uh, the baby. What after the baby? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I signed up for a seventy point three nine months after I had a child, Eight and that was three a marathon same year, and then yeah, tried to do another seventy point three this year. So. Try Beginners Love Family. It's the off season, the holidays, you're hanging out with your family, but now you gotta start thinking about next season. Well, let me help you. There is this resolution challenge called the No Limit Resolution Challenge 2023. Get back into the swing of things, commit to you, and join me for this. January 2nd through February 26th. Eight week free premium training weeks account, prizes, Zoom call with head coach Maria Simone where you earn points for consistency, which earns you some dope swag. The total value is over $200. And 
guess what? You get this all for $75. Bonus, if you're training for a particular race, you have the ability to upgrade to a race plan of your choice. The beauty of this challenge is that you're not only doing good for you, but you're doing good for Girls on the Run, our charity partner, where 100% net proceeds will benefit them. So who's ready to try this? Visit www.nolimitsendurance.com backslash resolution challenge. See you there. We're moving ahead. This is about what you would have learned. Like what would you tell tell somebody else? We're going to come back to that. To pace yourself and yourself, give yourself grace when it comes to this. You're learning a whole new discipline, a whole new sport. Pardon my little human here. Um, It's your body is going through a lot of changes and new experiences. So um, give yourself the the space for that. Excuse me. So everybody's all about today and the interview with you. (laughs) He can come in. Hi, Mateo. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I love it. The happy family. I love it. I love it. Okay. So it seems like you guys have learned a lot of lessons. What is your favorite distance? Because I keep hearing 70.3s. I keep hearing like, so what is the favorite distance for the two of you? Great question. That's a really good question. Um... My favorite is, I, I love the Olympic. You do? I love the Olympic because you're able to race the, and like, the, like for me, I can race the, like, I can I can race the entire race. Like I loved the 140.6 because of the the mental challenge and uh, what I have to put myself through and looking for a goal time. But as far as like racing a race, like I love doing Olympics, but at the same time, like there's nothing like, there's nothing like doing a a 140.6. Like there's finishing that after, you know, all the work you've put into it, or however much time, like there's that feeling never, that feeling never gets old. So that's, yeah. What about you? Uh, I like the 70.3. It's, it's, it's long enough. Sorry. It's long enough to feel challenged for me uh, because I'm not a speedy racer. Salim is more of a, a, a fast one. I'm more about like, I, I take my pace and like a zone two athlete. So doing the 70.3 is enough to challenge myself, but without the the pain, the grueling pain of a full distance. So we have Mateo there. And we were told that, well, Celine just ratted you out that nine months after you gave birth, you were out racing again. Yes. So let's talk about that. Because, I mean, there's moms. So we just learned that you... Um, you did your 70.3 right at nine months after giving birth to Mateo. And we're learning that, you know, women are coming back faster to the, to sport after having um, babies. And so just this year, Chelsea Sodaro uh, won Kona, right? It was like the, what is it called? The biggest quote unquote upset because people weren't expecting her to win, but she won. So what would you tell a mom who's just had a baby um, coming back into sport? And how do you transition back into sport from having a baby? I think it's very healthy to set goals, to set your goals for yourself as an athlete, as a person, 
Yeah. Sweetheart. Wait. Sorry. Celine, do not be embarrassed. This is just real life. What do you yeah. want, buddy? Yeah. No, I I like back to back to your question. I think it's important for a woman to be able to set goals after having a baby and to be able to look ahead and to find some some connection with who we were before we had a baby. We are mothers. I mean, that identity is always going to be there, but um, I needed to know that I could do a distance after yeah. having a child, that having a baby wasn't going to um, do something to my body that would significantly impair me from doing things, which sounds extreme, but I mean, it, you do go through an identity shift when you have a child and I needed to have that essence of me as an athlete still alive. So I signed up for it. It was a way of really um, embracing my, being a mother, embracing motherhood and connecting to who I was in that part of me that is so important. Yes, I mom. love that. It's the essence of who you are and connecting the two. That's actually pretty powerful. Now I want to ask Salim, what have you noticed, you know, pre-baby and post-baby with Mel? Oh gosh, that's that's a loaded question. Um <laughs> there's the there's a lot of things there. Uh there's a different love in her eye for like that she has for Mateo, and there's a different level of happiness that she has now. Uh the competitor that that was there is still there. Um which was like like the fire that she has to want the, the fire she has that the, to to succeed and and do the stuff that drive is still there and it's more like there's more purpose to when she when she races like she's like i have to get this done i have to show like she did a half marathon and in january last year and she's like i'm doing this so that mateo knows that his mom was able to like there's no quitters around here like there's like everyone comes here and we have we all have we started something we finish it and he needs to have that experience understand that early and i was like i was like way to set the bar high <laughs> like, so you know so it's like it, it's been great to see like what she's what she's been doing um scary in points uh because like I was there through the process of, of labor and saw what she was going through with labor and what it was like and how she had to go from like sharing her body to like getting her body back to a place where she was able to go comfortable to want to race in it. And then like, Hey, I'm racing. Like it's not, it's not ideal. It's not perfect, but this is me where I am now and it's going to get better and the drive and will to, to want to do it. So there's so much there that she's, that she's done to to get here it's it's a beautiful thing to to watch firsthand so it's it's great so beautiful i mean i feel like it's a woo woo moment yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like it's so like it's weird like I, there's two aspects she's she's an athlete she's a mom and she you know mom first athlete but she she does it like she puts the time in and she does it and so like it's just a matter of just like keep going there's time driving she did the chicago marathon i'm sitting here like okay it's like 
scared, but that's me. Like that, that's, that's, you know, that, that's, that's how I am for, for the races. And she's like, yeah, I figured you'd be at a coffee shop waiting for me to, to do X, Y, and Z, you know, like, cause that's where you're going to be doing this with the baby, right? I'm right at the coffee shop waiting, waiting, you know, and so it's like, but she's, she's doing the work and she does it with a smile and like a smile, but it's like, it's just, just, you know, pure confidence when she's doing it. So it's like, it's, it's beautiful. It really is. <laughs> you speak it till you make it, huh? I don't know about that. <laughs> like you're doing it. You're not making it. <laughs> You've done it. Yeah. So I want to flip the question on you now. Um, Salim, how has fatherhood changed you as an athlete? Because people don't focus on dads, right? It's really about the moms. And I just want to get your perspective because I know I've seen you be an active dad, especially like at Lake Placid. I remember um, Mel was running and it was your turn to take the baby. And so you had to have the baby and this was your race weekend, right? So like, <laughs> yeah, that was my race weekend, yeah. So how is it, how has being a father changed you as an athlete? I mean, that's, Similar to Mel, like, you know, it's it's showing Mateo now that like if we do something, we're gonna finish it and we're able to do hard things. Like that that's it. Like we jokingly say that Mateo came in already winning because he out of the three of us, he's the biggest one in the family, like being born. He's the most weight, longest baby out of the three of us. But like you already got your first win, son. Like you, you came in, you came off the gate with a win, and so like it's up for us to keep showing you how to win and how to succeed. And so, like part of it, like is just like you know setting the foundation. This is how things are done here. You know, we're gonna if it's a if it's a race, if it's a coloring book, you know, whatever it is, like we're gonna start, we're gonna finish, we're gonna do it. The, to the best that we can and so like for me I'm just like it's a it's a different level of pride like I've never I mean, I've, I've raced for charity uh and that was that was great but that was like seeing Mateo at the finish line when I did uh Eagle Man this year that was really touching it was my first race uh of the year and like he was there and he was cheering. He was cheering throughout the entire race for me. It was crazy. Like he was seeing me, he was looking, he's like, Dad, um, there's a vid- there's a video somewhere of, of him doing that. And I was like, this is just it's amazing. So uh yeah, so it's touching. So like you're racing more with purpose. Um because like you're trying to show, you know, we're trying to show Mateo, like, hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna finish it, we're gonna do it. Uh, there's no quitting, like, you know, just trying to instill that early so that he has those, that foundation. So if he decides to go in the sports, you know, whatever he decides to do, he'll know that it's already, um, that that's part of his, that's part of his makeup. Yeah. Wow. That was our dog. Okay. So we have dogs and babies and it's a house full in New York city. I love it. Zoo, it's a zoo. Yeah, no, but I but I agree with what you're saying, and I, I have noticed um, those shifts in you, um, and how everything is much more purposeful, right? It's very yeah. similar to me, and I think we look at parenting as a parallel to life, and triathlon as a parallel to life. Uh, like in Cartagena the other day, 
when I injured myself, I wasn't able to race, but we kind of had a conversation about it. And what is, what is the principle that we're going to follow here? Do we jump in the water and at least do one part of the race if the other two don't work? So, and we had a conversation about it. And then we came to the agreement. It was like, okay, if you want to, if you want to talk about something or represent something, you have to try your best. And I think that's also how mm. we meet one with parenting and, and being a married couple, um similar principles i think yeah, no it's a the values our values like that's that's a great point our values haven't changed like the, our values before racing our values when you're dating our values as as being a married couple like everything has been always been aligned and so like values of triathlon still aligned to our principles before we're going to try it we're going to do it and we'll see how it goes you know and so like it's not just we're just not going to do it, you know? And so, yeah, we, we talked about it and came up with, Hey, let's, let's see how this can, let's go through this experience, feel it out. And then, you know, we know you can't bike because you can't hardly walk. <laughs> so um, yeah. So we're just going to go ahead and just go forth and do it. But yeah, it's just been, and it's, it, everything's more purposeful because you don't have the one thing that, really comes down to is time. We don't have time. Like it's, I'd rather spend time with my son versus biking 120 miles, mm-hmm. but you have to. And so like, you have to make the most of the time and how are you going to use that time? Are you going to waste the time? Like back to what we said before, every other day. So like, if I miss my day of training on Monday, I don't get a chance to do it again until Wednesday because Tuesday's Mel's day. So I can't be like, you know, so it's, it's, you know, so it goes back to like your battles. Yeah, it's, it's, everything has to be done with purpose, you know, and then so that, that if you, if you, if you move with purpose, then everything slowly starts to make a little more sense. And um, it's, it, it's more on, it's more aligned to, to where you're trying to go with it. And so like, there's a lot of purposeful movements here. Yes. So I want to kind of go back in what you were saying um, at uh, a recent race at Cartagena. Is that what it was? Yes. Um, you were injured, but you decided okay. to start um, knowing that you were injured. And I think that goes to one of the questions that I asked in the uh, in my little pre-race profile thing that I do for everyone. And one of the things that you said when when I asked the question of, what is one thing you wish you would have known that would have helped you in the beginning? Mel, you said that failure is a part of the process. And Salim, you said you wish you would have known the importance of one's mindset in sport. And so I want to talk about both of these because I think they go together and you guys answered them completely separately. But what is it about failure as a part of the process that you would have wanted to know more? And I'm sure both of you can speak to that. Baby, I mean, I think this last race was a big reflection upon how how failure has to be part of what you do, right? I can only try my best. I can only jump in the water and attempt to get through a swim. But there will be those times where I can't get through something. You can't get through a workout sometimes. I remember training for my ha- my first 70.3 
and having some conflict with my mom and I had to stop a workout in the middle of it because I was just so upset about us having a, a fight but it it had to be okay that I that I stopped and I was keeping my bar so high all the time like trading with these women that were so hardcore and so impressive but sometimes you got to give yourself some grace and it's okay to 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 not be always at a hundred percent. And and this is a sport where we're all type A personalities. So it's hard to say like, okay, it's all right to, to take a step back and to do all these other things to self-care. But sometimes you have to step away and just allow yourself that. Yeah, I would agree. Celine, did you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, like failure for what we do, like triathlon is a any distance triathlon, it, it's a very difficult thing to do. And sometimes you put yourself out there and it, it happens. Like you, you, you don't finish the day. Like it just, it, it's part of the process and that process. It doesn't, you know, it can have, it stinks, you know, but it makes you hungrier to go back and, yep. and do it the next time. Um, but the longer you're putting yourself out there and doing the work, sometimes things don't, they, they, they don't, they don't go as planned. And it's like triathlon is really big on what happens when your plan falls apart. That's when your plan starts. So like Mel had the option of, Hey, I twisted my ankle two days before the race. I'm just going to like bag the whole thing and not have any of this experience. But no, like we're we're here. Let's experience what we can of it. Take it, use it, learn from it, and then hopefully come back next year. Come back, and then I'm not saying that on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, then come back and, and learn from it. You know, but yeah, like it's you have to if you if you're not if you're not pushing the boundary, sometimes you're you're staying in a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be willing to to push. Like, and then see what's there when you push, because there's another side, there's, there's a breakthrough that happens. So, but if you don't, if you don't do it, you never, you never get there. You never get, you never get that, uh, that experience. So, yeah. What did you write about mindsets? I read about mindset. Yeah. Like for me, mindset, like everything that I've done in the past, there's, we've always set the tone by like how we visualize from football from diving from karate it's always been a mindset going into it uh when i started triathlon it was just yeah just you know there wasn't a mindset it was just let me just get out of here let me just get the you know go on to get out of the water get on the bike and and get on the run you know and thank god i made it out of the water thank god i'm off the bike yeah now i can back on dry land now i just can run but as i've progressed in this like the stronger willed you are the stronger you uh the more the more intention you have the details of your transition and you know bike and swim the things you're thinking about all make a difference like i tell people on the team like visualize your success like when when i sign up for a race or there's someone that's working with us and they're telling me they're going to do x y and z i see them crossing the finish line when they're telling me about it so it's like hey i'm signing up for you know uh, Chicago Marathon, I see them getting there, crossing the finish line and having that experience of success. That's what I see. Now it's trying to get them to see it. So I wish that, they, you know, in the beginning, there was 
know, someone to help with the with my mindset on how to visualize and see these things. But in the beginning, we're just trying to, you know, you're trying to get there. You, you don't know until you have enough conversations, enough races, um, meet the right people, you know, some failure, you know, failure, have you know, having some failure makes you, you know, question and, you know, seek out other, other guidance. And then like you have these moments you're like, Oh, okay. So I need to be a little, I need to do that. Or I need to do this, like these little pieces. And then it all comes together for you. And then like, when it starts to come together, it's like, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you're able to like, just be able to like hone in zone in for, whatever the distance is, because like you have like, you've, you've, you've applied your mind the right way to get yourself there. Mm. That's so good. I um was just so deep in thought listening to you guys. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, the time, time is literally flying by. And, um, but I, I, I can't move forward without just kind of recapping that. You know, if you race long enough, you will have failures and you may have them in the beginning and not at the end. You may have them in the middle. You may have them at the end and not the beginning. But that's the part, a part of racing. And so your mindset, it does matter what you think about. It matters what you visualize. Our minds are so powerful. And so they have the power to really, you know, create whatever world you want it to be like yeah. that your mind can create that like I think you know like Mel you were telling me about you were just telling us about your race but I also recently did um Cozumel this year and I was so focused I have I, I wrote out how I wanted the day to go I wrote out my intentions I felt like I was more prepared and then delays started happening. like just things that wasn't in my plan yeah. and hence you got a plan until you don't have a plan and then you have to have a different type of plan. Uh-huh. And so there's just things that you can't control and you only can control what you can control, but it is about your mindset. And I think going into it with a positive mindset, going into it with a, a plan, a vision helps you to conceptualize whatever happens and you can be acceptance of whatever, whatever, whatever the day brings you, you can accept it because you at least went into it prepared. Yeah, you're able to, yes, it's 100%. You're able to accept it because it's part of the process of the day. Yes. It's just, it's it's how it goes out. Like your plan fails. Okay, but I'm I'm in it. Like I'm I'm locked in for, you know, the next five hours, eight hours, 12 hours, whatever. I'm, I'm locked in for the day. So since I'm locked in, whatever happens on this day, we're going to go with it versus... You know, and it's, I say this a lot, it's like, um, where else would you rather be? <laughs> like, yeah. it's, hey, what else are you going to do? Like, you're in a race. So race. Okay. I had a flat tire. Fix it and keep racing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you did it. Your spokes broke at one race, uh, the last one. I wasn't, I wasn't going there. But... Oh, you 10 miles with a broken spoke. Oh, uh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> That was not part of the plan. That was not part of the, I thought I was going to have my first DNF. I really did. I was 10 miles out and I had, was a nice bike and um, I broke a spoke and I went from, it was a mess. I was like, oh boy, it's going to happen. And I was like, nope, we're going to just pedal. I was like, if I get close enough to town, I'll just walk. (laughs) I'll just walk the bike back. 
you know, but like, we're not, no, we're not, we're, we're not, this, that's not, again, back to, that's not who we are, this is what we're going to do, we're going to find a way to, to get through this, and I was like, within three miles, I can walk three miles, 30 minutes, still make the bike cut off, we'll continue, we'll figure it out later, I have to explain this <laughs> at some point to somebody, but right now, <laughs> a whole lot of us now. <laughs> now, yeah, no, yeah, so, um, yeah, so then you just, you know, you, you go with it, but you're locked in for the day, because it's like, day's still going on the race is still going on like i'm i'm here to race like i don't you know where else would i rather be i'd rather be right here today like this is what i've got to do this is it okay so i'm going to ask a question and you can let me know if i'm getting too in the business or not but has triathlon ever sparked a huge intense debate in the household Mm. Mm. I say yes. Well, different mentalities. Triathlon is no. There's been it it has started debates. Yeah, yeah. Like the during 2020. During we've got cheese. Oh my god. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Um. Yeah. So it has. We had like different different training philosophies. Um. Jeez, uh, diversity, non not diversity, um, like gear stuff. Like we, we've had all types of conversations on on it, but it, yeah, like you name it, we possibly we possibly talked yeah. About yeah, I think I'm more of a I don't know fair weather athlete is like the right expression in English, but Salim has been an athlete all his life. He was a competitive athlete. He's a martial artist and a very well accomplished martial artist. He played football in college. So I think his perception or his mentality going into a race is much more, it's very different than mine. And that's, I think sometimes where we rub each other differently. Um, I like how you said that rub each other differently. That's nice. Yeah. We have different. We, we have <laughs> we, I get through it he he wants to crush it we 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 have different views <laughs> yes and that sometimes can spark some debates and yeah yeah Mel will talk to people I won't talk to anybody on the course I'm not I'm not making friends on the course I'll talk to you before I'll talk to you before the race after the race but I'm not talking to you about a race you did five years ago I don't care I'm trying to get through the race like I'm not interested (laughs) that sounds like Lloyd Henry oh my goodness I don't make friends on the course well we'll see like it happened like so the the more you race the more things you find out I was in uh in Coronado racing and in my my beginning years I was talking to the person next to me and the spectator was like, if you're talking, you're not going fast enough. And I was like, huh, you're right. <laughs> you're 100% right. Therefore, nope, not talking. No, there's no, I got, I've got, I've got, I've got place to go. Like, cause the other thing too, like you start talking to somebody and they've got a different plan, different coaching, different mindset. Now they're slowing you down, you know, like it could be like, you could have like a have an hour time goal and you start talking to a person and they're telling you about what happened like five races ago like mm-hmm. and now it's like you did a nice job helping them and you're like you didn't help yourself <laughs> so you have to yeah no I'll just 
race. I'm really, I'm there to, yeah. So it's just, it's my, uh, back to different mindset, different mindset. Yeah. yeah. And that can spark a little bit debates and yeah, I can't think of too many other things that that's that how triathlon just splitting up times can sometimes be frustrating and and coordinating childcare Thursdays he'll go to the pool and I get grumpy because I have to get up so I can drop off the baby on my way to work uh things like that where it's just like we we know what our passions are we want to do the sport but now we have to negotiate around it um which can also lead sometimes to some headbutting yeah, the, the 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 I guess the big argument around here is like when you have a day to train and you don't use that day it's like wait, you wasted your day? That means I could have, I could have worked out. Like that's a, oh my gosh. That, that's a big one around here. It's like. I, I bet you we're not the only people who have these, <laughs> these complications. I, I, oh. <laughs> like, like your day, like you probably have to sleep in. And like, and I was awake, so I couldn't get on the trainer. Cause like, you're supposed to like, yeah. I mean, those are those, those are the baits we have around here sometimes. Well, like we talk about all, like all aspects of triathlon. Um, yeah. <laughs> So before we go into our uh, rapid fire questions, I want to ask you both, what barriers have you guys had to overcome to get into multi-sport? Barriers? Or any challenges? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. That's a big one. That's not fair. (laughs) Yeah, I've had a... I had a difficult time um, just being an African American trying to get into the sport. Like going to some, going to some of the uh, to some different teams, like for like info nights and stuff, or going for a workout. And people looking at me like, "Why am I here?" Like same reason you're here. Like trying to break a sweat. Like I'm here to work, you know. And it wasn't received. Some places it wasn't received so well. So that was always frustrating. Going to like some races and like it, I, I was the only african-american there you know so like there, there's there's been some challenges with that um yeah and then like yeah, there, there's been there's yeah there there's just as we all know multi-sport is not a there's not that many african-americans that are involved in multi-sport and so when i was coming up it was just like it was a hard place to be. And then I'll get excited when I would see like two or three other guys. And like one of the other guys was cool. The other guy wasn't. I was like, I don't get it. Like there's only three of us. Like you gotta know. I was like, okay. And then see you before the race, trying to talk and during the race. I'm like, now, since you didn't try, I'm not going to say anything to you either. Got to <laughs> about my business. Petty. <laughs> Petty. Petty. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. never. No. What else yeah. have I? I think for me, it was it, it reflects a lot of my childhood, and um, I think I mentioned to you as a kid, I was very athletic. I was in a lot of sports, but then as a teen, I I developed epilepsy, uh, and it was kind of like sports are off limits, especially swimming, which was my passion. And so for a long time, I I had this concept of myself as being a person who could never do sports. So um, allowing myself to sign up for a race, that was something that I 
I was told I could never do uh, was a huge obstacle for me and and more like a mental aspect of it and mental um, challenge. Here's like this woman who's been having seizures for 20 years and she's actually going to jump in the Hudson River and then go running in the park and uh but but I I did it and I was able to manage and I haven't had any seizures and there's still moments where I have auras which is like the the pre-seizure but it hasn't stopped me and I continue to do what I want to do and what I love doing and thank god <laughs> yes thank god I love Oh man, this has been so good. And I know we can talk forever and ever, but let's get these rapid fire questions going um, real quick. Cause Mateo is, he's back wanting your attention. So we are going to get this done quick. Um, uh, oh, uh, yes. yes, that's good. Mateo. 100% right. What's your, at the end of a race, do you immediately change clothes or stay in your clothes and drive home? Ooh. I know the answer to that one. I stay in my clothing because I'm afraid of that shower afterwards where you're very likely to hear me screaming because I was chafing. No, I, I change. Yeah, like I after a race, I change. Just I, I, When you were in Cozumel, I, after the race, I jumped in the ocean. And then uh, waited for the race to be over, but then I changed. Yeah, like carry on my day. <laughs> like, yeah, been staying. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, what's your go-to workout, and what does it look like? Like, are you a hit? Are you endurance? Like, what's your go-to workout? Is it swim? Is it bike? That's a good question. Um. I like intervals. I like I'm, I'm interval focused on everything. So, uh, one of like I have a an interval bike that I like to do um, some short intervals with like a long. So sometimes like fifteen ten like I'm sorry fifteen five fifteen repeated three times, um, and then with a nice long like twenty minute zone two afterwards. Uh, that's a workout that I love to do. Uh, it's great for like for uh for pacing and then building endurance from it so um it's mm -hmm. a great saturday workout with the trainer so like 15 minutes you know zone three uh five minutes zone two then repeat that then 20 minute block and just go for it uh so like if you're on a flat course eagle man uh cozumel okay super frog <laughs> all right, all right. yeah like it's just it's great you know there, there's some other ones i like i like doing some uh some i love a brick mm -hmm. i love different levels of bricks so this is rapid fire oh sorry mm. <laughs> not rapid fire. Uh, well for me it's a swim a swim is a good place to process information jump in the pool and just go rapid. thank you rapid. thank you sorry, rapid. Rapid. rapid thank rapid. you rapid thank you they got it. But... All right. <laughs> Are you gonna turn? I'm sorry. Audio, audiobook, <laughs> podcast, music, or silence when you train? Podcast. Anytime. Sorry. Something that makes my brain work and, and learn. How about you? You're a music guy. On the bike, I'm music. When I do everything else, I'm silence. 
Transition. I feel like this is where it's going to get spicy. <laughs> Are you a transition minimalist, Goldilocks where everything is just right, or a kitchen sink space hoarder where you have to bring everything? I want to say hoarder, but I'm probably the opposite where I bring whatever I need and then I kick myself in the butt afterwards. Mm. Minimalist. Minimalist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, minimalist. Yeah. Just what I need. That's it. What's your go to pre breakfast? Jeez, that's rough. Depending what race I'm doing. See, that's the right. <laughs> yeah. Typically, like a half bagel with peanut butter, something really basic and bland. Yeah, a banana, a banana, and uh, whatever I'm drinking that day. Yeah. Okay. And the question that we ask everyone do you pee on the bike or take a pop or pee break? I pee on my bike. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I've done. I've, I don't. <laughs> I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> well, <the> laughing. <laughs> you get off and take a proper pee break. That's okay. But the, I'm just glad that it brought you so much joy to think about it and laugh. <laughs> that makes no shame at all. Yeah. <laughs> So I do have one question that I didn't ask uh, before that I want to kind of get addressed because we're already over. So whatever. It's the last one. Y'all be, give me some grace, listeners oh, and viewers. I know. We're fine over here. Um, what made you want to go into coaching? Oh, that's for me. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, like. My background is my my background is it rapid fire or can I like take a second? You can take a second. Okay. Uh, my background is in education, so I'm always I've always been a person to be thoughtful. I've always coached. I've been a martial I've been a martial artist my entire life, so I've always been used to working with adults from uh, from time I was a child and explaining things to other people and being and then wanting to help people. Um, I I wanted to start coaching so that I could help bring on new people to the sport, and I felt that I could make a difference. I felt that my background and ability to understand information, I thought that I could could lead, could lend a hand to people trying to figure it out. It seemed like throughout my process, people was always asking me questions like, "How do you do this? How do you do that?" And you know, after a while, I was like, "You know what? Like." I think I can actually, you know, write a plan. And so like wrote a plan to see if I can do it. And I was like, oh, no, take a look at this. <laughs> I was like, not so bad. And like, you know, and I was like, oh, really? You know, then like made some, you know, talked to some other people and it seemed like, you know, my mindset on on the sport. Yeah, my, my mind spent on the sport uh, spoke to how the sport, you know, is meant to be done. And I just want to be there to help people see them through. Uh, it's like, it's not my victory. It's your victory. But I want, you, I want to help you in your process of getting your victory. And so, like, it's something that I love to do. Uh, um, we take it, like, 100% serious over here. And, like, everyone's goals, like, we, we, have, we, we try to reach everyone's goals, you know, 
for them to come out uh, stronger, better, positive, and a different outlook on their life. So like, there's more, there's, there's a lot more to it than just a training plan. Like I got training plans before and, you know, I wanted to find a way where I can communicate, explain, and, you know, share with other people, like my love for the sport. I love that. Y'all, it's the end of the year. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah to you all. And as we're going into a new year, happy new year. It has been a joy. We are officially one years old. We celebrated our first anniversary in October, and it has been a joy to bring you episodes after episodes. And I hope you guys continue to ride with us. If you are enjoying what you're listening to, be sure to like a message, share it, and follow us. Follow us on all your social media platforms. Um, Instagram is where we're probably the most active. Um, Twitter, Facebook, we're listening on any major platform. And we're also on YouTube. So check us out, support us and share it with a beginner, even if they're not interested or they haven't really gotten to mention that they're interested in triathlon, share it with a friend because you never know. They may hear a story that will inspire them. And that's what we're here to do. Because whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win. I'm Ashonda Shines and I'm out. Peace. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.